Welcome to this week's GG Weekend. Watch kindly sponsored by Bet UK, where we have a big show for you this week because it is the 2023 Derby. And Andrew Mount and I are going to be looking at all eight races on Epsom's billing on Saturday. Of course, the card's going to have a bit of a different look to it this week because of the FA Cup final. But well done to everyone for rearranging the races around that to best suit our sport as well as everything else. It's just one of those things. So we'll just get on with it and we will crack on with the racing and i'm delighted to have andrew back from his holiday don't have daryl carter this week but hopefully he will be back with us then as of next week and we begin with the group three diamond stakes for three years and over over a mile and a half of Berlin at 12.50. Six declared runners here andrew as i say great to have you back hope you had a nice time away please find us this winner yeah nice to be back uh thank you kate good to see you again um yeah the um, yeah early starts at your long clocks 12.50 for the world pool card at uh, epsom and i was um happy to take on highland avenue i had a good look at this race at the five day stage and he was um front running third to his stable mate adar because uh, adar previous derby winner in the gordon stakes at newmarket last time out that run came on soft ground i thought you'd be vulnerable on the likely quicker going the trouble is it's if epsom they love turning the taps on it's officially good water so that could mean anything we're in kirkland tellwright territory you know almost here aren't we it could be you know if it you know dries out to good to firm or they could be kicking the top off it and it will look like um you know good to soft sloppy so um yeah who knows but i'll take a chance that highland avenue is going to find conditions quicker than um, preferred it's a shame that um al mubia and reach for the moon aren't running here because i'd have fancy taking on that pair as well but the two i bet anti post when there were eight eight runners in three places on offer were marie's diamond who i thought could go well from the front of getting a soft lead and escobar uh, Escobar was fourth at 18 to 1 in this last year and um, uh, it's come out well on the draw as well in store three even though it's only there's only six runners and um, stores one two or three have dominated in this event over the years so uh, I'll split stakes this time Marie's Diamond store one I can see 20 to 1 and Escobar store three eight to 1. I should have had a bet in this first race that Marie's Diamond was going to be at least one of your main plays then but yeah. splitting stakes between Escobar eight to 1 and 20 yeah. to 1 the outsider of the I mean, field about well, she's got a really good record at this time of year you look at these um her last six wins june july 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 june july so you know a bit of touch of the mr wagyu's about a, a horse of a, a horse will come back to later no doubt and um you know she's she's a small field horse as well as a front runner and you know, to, to finish second of 13 beat a neck at york last time you know, when the uh, the winner and the third came from midfield i thought that was a, that was a decent enough effort so uh, yeah she, i think she'll go well here and for the amount of times that you sided with marie's diamond you're still calling him a hire though so oh yeah sorry um <laughs> don't you worry you are well. definitely not the old, first to have done old, that old habits old habits die hard you definitely weren't the, on the first and you certainly won't be the last. Every single person, I think, at some point has called uh, Marie's Diamond a mare. But yeah. You mean, you, mean all the, all, you mean all the other idiot men you work with, yeah? Well, essentially, yeah. I don't want to generalise, but, you know, when you work in this industry as a woman, you do come across a few now. But not at all. Of course not. <laughs> right. That's we will move on. Totally, totally different podcaster. 
Yeah, exactly. An entirely different one completely. <laughs> but we will move on to the big one on that note because, well, I was going to say this one is for the boys, but I guess technically it's just not for the geldings. Uh, the Betfred Derby, the Group 1 Derby for the three-year-olds over a mile four and the second race on the card. So as I say, the billing having a very different look to it this time around. August Rodan has found himself back at the head of the market as the three-to-one market leader from military order at 92. Passenger who's been supplemented for this at 11 to 13 to 2 about the remainder so andrew a wide open derby who are you siding with um well you know me and big prices in these sort of races i, I stepped out who you mold runner up at 150 to 1 last year and i'm, I'm i sort of gone around through full circle in this i mean uh august rodan I mean, he ran too bad to be true in the 2000 guineas but at the, by the same token even if you forgive that run on account of the ground, do you want to be backing him at three to one? Uh, I say no. You know, um, you know, maybe maybe he's. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I know he went out to about sixes, I think, didn't he? After the guineas, and then came back in, but I, I, I can't back him at that sort of price. Military order, I do like um, Charlie Appleby's because he's got a good recent record in this race, uh, and he impressed me when winning at Lingfield um, in the Derby trial when it was switched to the Poly track because he challenged on the inside of the track when you definitely didn't want to be taking that route. Uh, most horses were winning out wide. Uh, passenger um, was really unlucky, wasn't he, in the Dante? When I, I managed to get on the receiving end of both Richard Kingscott shockers that day. Um, the, the, uh, the, the one who was um, the, the handicapper who was making his um, debut for a new yard, it was Alice Haynes one, Astro something or other. Yeah, I mean, cr I crikey, how he's managed to do that twice, I don't know. I mean, he, he, at the moment, he could he could find a uh, find trouble in a two horse race. So, um, I mean, passenger supplemented at a cost of about 85 grand. I think he's going to go extremely well. You look at Sir Michael Stout's horses who ran in the Dante, certainly those who ran well in the Dante, they've got an excellent record in the Derby, you know, Desert Crown included last year so you know passenger 11 to 2 I, I'd make passenger favorite um if, if I was doing the tissue for this race or joint favorite with military order so there's a bit of juice in that 11 or 2 6 to 1 whatever he is uh arrest um after he won uh, impressively at Chester um his trainer his trainers did say that um he enjoyed the ground and he wouldn't necessarily be happy if it was any you know, if it was quicker at um at Epsom um, but I still, I still think you know he's got a squeak, but it's well covered in its price. Spreewell's a horse I like. I wrote, I wrote, he's a Churchill because you came up with the system about Churchill's not being very good on the racecourse debut. So mm. I wrote him up uh, after that debut fourth at Gowron Park when he was he was a sixteen to one shot. He came from off the pace. The winner, the second, the third were all on the front end. Uh, he's run second in a maiden next time and then won two from two this season. Both came on deep ground, though. So how he's going to cope with the ground, I don't know, but certainly wouldn't put you off spree well. Um, Dubai Mile as well, because, you know, he had a he beat um, um, Arrest in the Grand, uh, Grand Criterium de Saint-Cloud, whatever they call it, last back end. Found completely outpaced in the 2000 guineas, found the trip too short. So I think Dubai Mile's going to run a good race here. Uh, White Birch, I'm not keen on from stall two. I don't th think he'll confirm um, Dante form with uh, with Passenger. 
uh, an autistic star was semi-interesting until you read those tra training quotes that um, he was going to run the Linfield Derby trial. Um, that was taken away from him. So he ran at Sandown. That was just two and a half weeks ago. And Rafe Beckett said it might come too soon. And they, they were talking about sort of targets in sort of July time for him. Um, but going through all those, I mean, if, you know, if you gave me a free tenor on one of them, um, I'd put it on passenger. But I've looked at the outsiders, as I always do, and I'm looking at Adelaide River. And you go back to that uh, Sun Clue race last back end um when um, he took on dubai mile and arrest they, they, they finished one two three dubai mile winning arrests finishing second adelaide river third now they were all sort of fairly similar prices so you know five five to one nine to four seven to two not not exactly a million miles between them and and then he's found a rest too good at chester you know, beating six and a half lengths but that was on soft ground the the french race was on officially heavy going and you look at his Sire Australia, you know, Derby winner, of course. He um, he never raced on anything worse than good. You, you know, his dam seemed seemed to be best on uh, on fast ground as well. So he's never had it. You know, he's he won on poly track, and then since then he's raced on uh, yielding or softer growing, growing usually on very deep ground. So I thought there was a case to be made for Adelaide River improving on a faster surface for the first time on turf. Now you know, bear in mind that his form ties in with horses are priced at much shorter odds. It was six to one arrest, 16 to one Dubai mile. 100 to one each way, Adelaide, Adelaide River will do for me. Okay, my goodness me, 100 to one, the outsider of the field, Adelaide River on the quicker ground to see him to a better effect. And he is another one of those Aidan O'Brien horses that has got the wide draw as well, which we've become accustomed to wanting to preferably side with in the derby. Now, I totally agree where it is completely wide open, August Rodan. I really want to take on at the head of the market. Expected him to go back to find himself as favourite, but to come back from blowing out that badly, of course he might well be able to, but not at that price for me anyway. So I'm siding with a couple against those at the head of the market. And the first one of those is the Foxes, who I still think is being underestimated here, easily overlooked. So I'll be playing him as well as the aforementioned Dubai Mile. But the Foxes firstly, because he's just so likeable. He's so tough. And he looks as though he has the balance and the temperament to cope with everything that the Derby throws at these horses. And yes, I have the concerns that everyone else does about him saying the trip, but being closely related to Bang Pop, who obviously didn't get the Derby trip, but his dad got a mile four, his brother Perrotten got a mile six, so he's worth chancing, I thought, to get the trip. And also Dubai Mile, who's a bigger price again than at 16 to one, where, as you say, he did beat the reopposing arrest in the Group 1 Criterium at De saint on his final two-year-old start before just getting caught out for a change of gears in the 2000 Guineas, where the mile trip just looked a bit too sharp for him. So up in trip, Group 1 winner, intertwining form with more fancied horses leads me to want to side with Dubai Mile at 16 to 1. So there's a couple for me in what is a wide open contest. Now we have another group contest in the form of the Group 3 Princess Elizabeth Stakes, four fillies and mares, three-year-olds and over, over a mile and half a furlong at 2.10. Another six declared here, Andrew. So how are you playing this one? I'm taking on the favourite, Prosperous Voyage. Oh, um, did. Now... After she won the Falmouth Stakes from Inspiral, as a lot of people blaming, you know, um, you know, Frankie Dettori for you know, getting chin that day. But what's um, I, said, I said at the time, even though it was only five runners, it was a big advantage to race um, wide, closer to the stand side rail as possible. And um, 
prosperous voyages in the right part of the track in spiral wasn't um, the runner-up um, as a third home sorry sun sun dream was also well drawn and uh, uh, i did that pair in the reverse uh, forecast and uh, so unfortunately the favorite to uh, seven or one on favorite um, split the pair of them and uh, stopped mm. a massive payday but since then prosperous forge has been beaten on three occasions and all those although those have been you know good races You've got to be disappointed with that effort last time out, even in accounting for, you know, for the soft ground. And I think she's still priced up on that flattered Falmouth Stakes win. And uh, seven to four is too short. Uh, Potapova, it's good to see her back on track because after she pulled up at Goodwood um, um, you know, on a seasonal debut, I was worried that you know all, there was going to be you know, a sort of career-threatening injury, for example. But uh, it was an irregular heartbeat. She's back four weeks later. She goes well, went fresh or second runner of the year she was second to the um same owners um a shorter price favorite in this race last year so um yeah, i think she'll have it's got a good squeak roman missed um, ran well in this race last year when trained by tom ward and was a winner on um, uh, her debut for archie watson so she'll go well from the front astral bow i love i'm a real fan of this horse but Deep ground seems to be key, and uh, all her wins have come on straight tracks. So I'm not sure that Epsom's going to suit. Uh, so, yeah, I, I was looking at probably a reverse forecast around Potapova and Roman Mist. If you want to pin me down to one, it'll be Potapova for the Stout Yard. Okay, three to one then for Ryan Moore and Sir Michael Stout. But between those two, taking on Prosperous Vorinch, no room for sentiment, no room for you harking mm. back to that brilliant goal there in the Falmouth Stakes all the back along with dismissed Prosperous oh. Voyage this yeah. time around. Okay, so okay, yeah, quick mention for Sharar as well, who uh, mm. got stuck in the mud at Newmarket and coming back in trip and on better ground will suit that one. Yes, okay, 10 to 1 then about her. She has actually just been clipped in as well. Shara on the better ground for the Gostons. Right, so now we get the speedsters and we have the, the three-year-old dash up next. Not to be confused with the dash itself, which follows this race, but still over the flying five. Not 90 handicap, but just for the three-year-olds at 2.45. So, Andrew, who is the fastest of the fast? The first of the first, not me, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> but yeah, this not is... Not me um... mentally. <laughs> This is yeah. This is, this is an inter inter interesting one. Um, it's the f the first three year old dash, and we've got fourteen runners. Um, the the draw, you know, again, it's yeah, traditionally you want to be drawn high near to the stand side rail at Epsom, but I'll throw some stats at you later on. It's going to quite surprise you about uh, how well low draws do in in the regular dash, and um, so I'm going to um, go left field and go with uh, left field looking from behind the stalls and go with can to can for uh, Adrian Nichols. Uh, Yard's been in really good form, and um, this one's blasted off in the first time. Blinkers made all at twenty to one at Newcastle last time out, one by five lengths, and uh, similar similar tactics here. You know, I could see um, Can to Can running a big race. Uh, I think she you know, might be hard to pass. Get to the lead, she might end up coming towards the stand side rail. She might stay more towards the centre, but uh, yeah, I'll, I'll take her to uh, to go well from the front here. Okay, from stall two as well. That's making me nervous for your draw angles then for the dash itself. But eight to one about Cantacan, Adrian Nichols. So Capital Fort's been a brilliant week for Adrian Nichols. Both of his children winning this week as well. His yeah. son on his first ride and me and Nichols yesterday at Towson, wasn't it? So, yeah, so his progeny are doing well. Hopefully that can translate <laughs> to the horses that he trains as well. Now, uh, as we say, away from the classics and the group ones, one race that definitely catches everyone's imagination is the dash for Heritage Handicap over the flying five uh, downhill until the last 100 yards 
and it is reputed to be the fastest of its kind in the world. So, Andrew, for the three-year-olds and over in the dash itself, who's the fastest of the fast this time? Yeah, just bet them all. Um, this, this is a bit like the Cheltenham Festival, you know, you bet every runner and make a profit. You know, since 2010, you made um, £25.50 to the £1 stake in SP. Uh, a Betfair SP is £131.51, just betting every runner in this race. That's sort of 12 renewals. Um, now, because we, we talked about high draws near that standside rail, that can be a big advantage, but at times it can be a bit of a hindrance because they tend to get in each other's way. And uh, if you know if you're waiting for room against that rail, you can get all sorts of trouble. And we saw Ornate, of course, who was um, uh, once you accounted for the non-runner drawn in store one of 19 when taking this race in 2019, blasted off from that low draw, and uh, never saw another horse at, uh, winning at 33 to one. Now the first four last year uh, were drawn 10 to four and nine of 20, so we're all the sort of far side of that split in the stalls. And, um, you know, a low draw can guarantee a clear passage. Uh, and again, just betting stalls one and two blindly in the last 10 renewals, um, you, you'd have um, hit uh, a place, uh, you'd found four winners and hit a place um, seven years out of 10. When I, I bet Mountain Peak in this race last year from stall two got beaten ahead of 50 to one, one, one of the few I bet in the race. Um, so it's it's interesting, Mountain Peak's entered again, I think. It's, done better on, on the draw uh, if you're going with the high draw theory from store 13, Tom Marquand on board at, at Walker's um, yard going well at the moment, wouldn't put you off that one at 16 to 1 um, Recon Mission is um, sort of won twice and finished second I think from six runs here all, all those good runs came in small fields but did run a, a good race uh, in the dash, finishing sixth uh, a few years ago behind Mockertill when drawn in single field figures. So I thought recon mission from store one wouldn't be out of it. The market will probably overreact to that draw. But when um, when recon mission did finish sixth here, there was a horse in fifth who, who did best of those drawn. Well, that's Lord Ridderford for the John Quinion, who's come out pretty well uh, on the draw front in store 15. Now, Lord Ridderford's got a good record on um, sort of undulating turf tracks. It's won twice at Goodwood and it's got form at um, Pontefract as well. So you go back to the you know, 2021 running of this race. So previous renewals have often been a good guide to future ones. You had Mockertill, Store 13, only spoofing 20, next three draws, next two draws 17 and 18. Best of the low draws in, in fifth place off a mark of 90 at 12 to 1 was Lord Ridderford for the John Quinyard. Uh, came out of store five that day, um, you know, ducked to the right, you know, to try and get well, whether that was deliberate or whether that was just sort of uh, on leaving the store to get nearer the rail. Uh, met trouble in running and uh, only got beaten two and three quarter lengths. It's three pounds lower this time around. You know, uh, well, be better, more closer to the rail this time, at least anyway, in store 15. And um, um, Jason. Um, Jason Hart isn't on, I assume he can't do eight stone six. I think eight ten is the lowest he's ever ridden this horse at. So Marco Guiani's on board. He's 28 to one. So yeah, I'll, I'll bet a few as I normally do. But yeah, Lord Ridderford will be the main one. And I'll, I'll probably throw a few quid at Mountain Peak and Recon Mission as well. Yeah, and recommission from still one there, but Lord Ridderford from still 15 being the main play. 28 to 1 still, though, for that lovable old grey. So uh, a good way to play it. Now, that's why I was nervous, because as soon as you said about the low draws, I did hark back to last year. And like you say, a 50 to 1 second place by a head finisher from the low draws. And I did sort of think, oh, no, <laughs> have I approached this completely wrong again then this year? Um, but I'm siding with a horse that actually, as I look back now, 
the market's reassessed itself and has put him at the head of the market and that is live in the moment now the 17 to 2 market leader has taken over from Clarendon House those who switching in the betting it was only about third favorite when it when I first looked at this um but I've sided with the hydro angle and the horse that's drawn highest of all live in the moment in still 20 and I'm hoping that he can basically just utilize that blast from the front get the rail won't get involved in any scrimmaging and we'll just keep on rolling he's only had the two starts for Alice Haynes but he just improved significantly upon his stable debut to then finish second over six furlongs at Doncaster last time out so likely try and make all and I think that this mark remains feasible for him to overcome for that I am wary of Sampa's seven in here at 20 to one for perhaps another small stakes each way play then because I just I'm finding it difficult to ignore her at that current price but we do have another handicap up next in the form of the Leicester Piggott handicap a 0 to 100 contest for three yards over 10 furlongs at 355 looks wide open again where it is five to one the field fox journey heading the way so andrew who wins it yeah good question um <laughs> there's been you know looking at the last 10 years not nine renewals because of covid um we've had no winning favorites um a 28 to one winner a couple of 25 to one winners is a very very tricky race shame sylvester kirk's um chinned win which was entered at the five-day stage uh, isn't in because uh, he's got a great record in this race and uh, andrew balding has um taken three of the last five renewals um and uh, he relies on Cadaval. Um, so that, that's the one I was looking at here, coming out of store 13. Um, so a course winner, um, you know, um, won by almost 10 lengths over the extended mile here on the penultimate start. I thought it should pay to forgive that subsequent new nut market defeat. And th though he's yet to race on um, ground quicker than good to soft, I thought so good, well, you know, Epsom well watered might be fine for him. So I, I was just going to go. He's got William Buick on board. He's a double figure price, around about 12 to 1. It's a race I wasn't particularly confident about, uh, but it might be worth just um, you know going with trainer trends and um, seeing if Andrew Baldwin can win it for the fourth time in recent years. Yeah, Andrew Balding then again teaming up with William Buick, though, with Cadabar 12 to 1 about that horse in what is the race that does look pretty tricky to have a, a definite opinion on and I'm pleased that you said about a few 25 to 1 winners of this race because my horse is priced up at 25 to 1 and that's Blue Universe uh, for Charlie Johnston and for Holly Doyle lightly race colt just the six starts to his name he's done little wrong in those either where he won his second handicap start on his season with debut before running a similar race off of a five pound higher mark when returned to the turf at Sandown and he was comfortably beaten by a horse that is admittedly entered in the Irish Derby if not now so I don't think that that was much of a disgrace whatsoever even though it was a small runner race I still think the form looked pretty solid to be upholding going forwards and Blue Universe evidently remains very unexposed on grass so Blue Universe at 25 to 1 for me in that 3.55. Now we have another open handicap up next. This time it's the Rio Ferdinand Foundation Northern Dancer Handicap, a 0-105 handicap for four-year-olds and over, over a mile four at 4.30. Scampi heads away for Rayshare, who uh, are certainly an owner group to watch out for going forward, so they really do know their stuff. But Andrew, how are you playing this one? Yeah, this is uh, a good race. It's a shame um, there's no... Uh... Uh, midnight legacy this year for alan king who's um so i know second time last year yeah. uh, uh, but the second um to him last year beating a nose was 25 to one shot halifon trained by ian williams now 
Uh, he's finished well beaten in both starts this season, but I see there's been a, you know, there was a little bit of a nibble for him at one stage. I think he was 20s into 12s, back out of 14s or 16s now. Uh, so I thought Halifon could go well, granted a decent gallop. But the one I really like is Max Mayhem for uh, inform Kevin Philippard de Foy. Now he was entered in the 10 furlong handicap here on Friday, but they've gone with this one. And uh, the first run for the yard after leaving Joseph O'Brien uh, was at. Um, uh, Kempton last time out, he's he's gone off at fifteen to two, and he's he's really impressed with the way he's travelled. And although he's only won by half a length, the Racing Post described him as always doing enough. And you look at that win over Mile Three; it was very snug indeed. Now Alan King's HMS president, runner-up at twenty-eight to one that day. You know he came out and won since. And there's been a few others further down the field in that race who've run well in defeat as well, uh, like Savvy Victory. So I thought Max Mayhem had, had a you know, a lot more up his sleeve. He's got four pounds for that. I thought it could have been, uh, it could have been worse than that. He's he's a son of New Bay, who's progeny go extremely well on the back of a top three effort. And you know, I, I thought uh, Max Mayhem coming for this race rather than the ten furlong one was the the way to go. So yeah, he'd he'd be the best uh, best bet in this other Halifon. Thirteen to two, then Max Mayhem for the informed Kevin Philippard before over Halifon. Sixteen to one, then for Ian Williams's runner to go better than he did in the race last year. Now I was being very unoriginal, uh, to be honest, Andrew. So I'm pleased that you've chucked in us some bigger price options because I was between the two. Well, two of the top three in the betting here, Scampy and C King, but. For the purposes of this show, I will mar side with the margin. You, you've just gone for a chip shop forecast, sir. I have, you? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just love my seafood, especially when it's deep fried. <laughs> my absolute favourite, yeah, sea king scampi. Oh, and just to be fair, that wouldn't be the worst way to play this, to be honest. I might actually do that. I'll, I'll, yeah. yeah. Keep that on side. Uh, but for the purposes of this and keeping names aside, I will side with Seeking here, though. Uh, he just posted a solid reappearance at Kempton last time out when he uh, was well backed, but the winner, Semhan or Kemhan, got the run of the race for Seeking conceding first run. Therefore, he's able to run up with the same mark here, gets first time cheap pieces as well, which might just be enough to get his head back in front again. So tricky for me, that one. I'll pro I will be playing the both of them now. And our final scheduled race is a 0-105 handicap for four-year-olds and over, over six furlongs at 5.05. Now, this one, <laughs> this really is wide open. Five to on the field again, probe heading the way. So, Andrew, nice and easy for you to sign us off with. Well, happy Mr. Wagyu Day is what, what I what I say. Back it's to the, sponsor the, the show again. Yeah, we're recording this on the first of June. It's officially Mr. Wagyu Day, although he's not running to the third. And uh, <laughs> I, I napped him for this last year, and um, he, he's got a fantastic record. As soon as summer comes around, thirty runs in June and July, fifteen wins. The 15 defeats, 11 times he was in, he finished second, third or fourth. A couple of more times he finished sixth in races like the, you know, the Woking and where some bookmakers are playing sort of six, seven places. And so backing him each way in June or July has been a you know, route to profit. Um, he's, a he's an eight-year-old now, but um, you look at the way he's been campaigned this year, you go back and watch the videos of those first couple of runs, you think, yeah, this is typical, he's just been brought along slowly last time our big eye catch of 40 to one in a field of 20 to one at york he's finished seventh beaten three lengths you know that's um signaled an imminent return to winning ways you, you chuck out his you know his june and july runs he's had 43 starts he's lost every single one I, every, every year i get you know messages from people on twitter and, and 
oh, you know, Mr. Mr. Wagner, I'll bet him last time. Should I back him? I'll just say, what date is it? You know, just like, look at your calendar. <laughs> the 9th of September, just don't let it. Or it's the 20th, you know, it's the 20th of May. Just for goodness sake, just wait. Wait until the 1st of June there. And um, so there you go. Uh, that's my mum and my dad I was talking to. Um, but, but yeah. Uh, he's, he's six to one. Um, back back him each way, Jason Hart on board. And I mean, you've got Probe, who's been very, very progressive since joining Jenny Candlish. Two wins in the second at Newmarket. Uh, the win at Wolverhampton was very impressive in a very fast time. Uh, I do fear Probe, but you know, I think we'll be suited by returning to a left handed track. Um, many a star goes for this race again, despite only finishing ninth in it last year when the 100 to 30 favourite. So possibility that he could end up being well back so it might not be a bad trade if that's your thing um but yeah i just think back mr wacky each way and uh, you'll be um you know you're sure to be thereabouts famous last words yeah, well, the famous last words of when you say that you fear a probe. But anyway, uh, Mr. Wagyu, though, for the main play for this to win this race again off of the £2 higher mark than he did last year. Happy Mr. Wagyu Day because it is the 1st of June. So enjoy and side with our favourite horse who pretty much sponsors this show by now. Now, Andrew, I'll go back to you, please, because that's all of our Epsom action done. But anything for from anywhere else? Um, no, in a word, um, you know, with all those races at Epsom, I've not really had a, a great chance to have a look at uh, anything else. I've been concentrating on the uh, on the Derby card. Yeah, fair enough. And it is all on you this week. So that is completely fair. Uh, OK, then, not to catch you off guard or by surprise, but I will come to you for your nap. We haven't got Daryl to buy you some time either this time around. So your nap, please. Yeah, it won't surprise you to know that I'm going to nap Mr. Wagyu in the 505 at Epsom. Oh, wonderful. Mr. Waggy there in Epson's final race. And I don't really know what to do. So I'm going to go live in the moment in the 320 in the Dash Handicap. Right. That is everything from us on this week's show. There was an awful lot of races to cover from Epson. So thank you so much to you, Andrew, for all of your hard work as per usual. Thank you to our sponsors, Bet UK. Thank you to you for watching. Best of luck with your bets this weekend. I will speak to you again next week.